Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? Freezing. I'm so cold. My office has no heat. Yes, my office has no heat. And I have this like tiny little portable metal radiator thing from like probably the 80s from when Matt was born that he's had with him his whole life that I inherited when I like started dating him and moved in with him about 150 years ago now. So that is what is eating this office currently. Target or Walmart or Amazon or I don't care where and order a new one. I've got one up in my kids' room. I think heats the whole house. It's amazing, it does, right? The new ones are good. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, they're great. What am I doing? This is dumb. Man, that's what you get for living in a farmhouse. Although I say that it's like drafty. It's drafty in my house too. We got really cold here this week. I got like six inches of snow a couple of days yes. ago. Yeah, I had to go out and plow the driveway for the first time. It was fun. Snow for Thanksgiving. Ooh. Yeah, it was great. Well, it was like a little bit, a couple of days after Thanksgiving. And, yeah. uh, oh. but still, our first snow of the year, and it was a good one. So, super fun. Fun time oh, in Cleveland, Ohio. Not the beautiful city of Miami where our guest Scott is. Scott, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Just about to say, you know, for the first time in my entire life, I don't have the problem of colds <laughs> for well, the moment. Hey, why does your hair look so great? It's so nice. Like it's it does. like do you like change conditioners? What have you done? Know, what have you done is really magical right now. This, you two are just it's so kind and lovely to people. You know, <laughs> this is the this is the thing that you don't get the credit yeah. for. It's, it's really not it. No, I, no, no. I, Nick, Nikki's kind. I'm jealous. That's yeah, the difference. What? Also yeah. kind of jealous. It just yeah, yeah. it's like it's like shiny and pretty. It's doing it's doing great things. There's, you know, it's, there's also light in there. I think it's you know the internet. You know it's really funny. I've been getting quite a lot of people tell me recently. I'm getting like that, which I am doing because I'm trying to put weight on. Uh, but it's quite funny that I'm trying to like guys. Also, ninety percent of what you see is great lighting. So there's only a few people I've seen that look as good in real life as they do on media. So yeah, it's all no, no, it's not great. It's not great lighting. I have yeah, it's not great lighting. I have overhead light and a ring light in front of me and. I'm bald. Can we rewind? Morphologically challenged. Well, that's a really nice way of saying it, actually. But can we rewind to people telling you that you've been getting because who are they? I will go after them. Who the (laughs) fuck is saying anything like that? That's so dumb. Social media as well. Like you put yourself out there. Like you, as in not using like I, I do and have done. You know, it was a really. I I think I've like spoke about it before. The whole like top off thing. Part of it being crossfit, obviously. But it was a real conscious decision years ago from speaking to a PR person that said, look, what you're trying to do about cancer is amazing, but most people won't care from the very first sight. Like they'll care when they hear it. They'll care when they get involved. They'll be like, but you yeah. need to grab people. You need to billboard. And you're like, you do look a little different. You've got tattoos and you like, if you train and all that kind of stuff. So it was always like this kind of conscious decision. I would post a, like a bit of a track photo. And then all of a sudden I'd hit you with like, oh, come and do this amazing stuff. Or did you know yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah. So, so I've always kind of done that. So yeah, I appreciate it. I put out. Yeah, since I had like some surgery, I lost like a ton of weight. And then I've been working with uh, Mike Malloy to get some weight on, um, who's also just a wonderful guy, by the way. There's no kind of paid look for that. Um, he's just been really, really awesome. Um, and yeah, got a tiny bit chunk here. I've put like, what would it be in pounds? Now I'm in the US, I've got to do everything in pounds. Yes, you like, do. Got like 10, 12 pounds on. So, oh, funnily enough, you, you know, you don't. What? But it doesn't all go to just turn to muscle. We're not all Chris Hemsworth and we don't all magically mm. add like muscle, you know, the complete natural way. So get a little bit on your belly, but that's fine. 
But yeah, it's just the U.S., baby. Welcome to the U.S. <laughs> I hate everyone. Well, I will well, find those like, people and shank them for nice. you. And cool. also, also, Engagement. I'm getting fat right along with you, so I feel you. You've got like a slight, like reason, though. <laughs> emphasis on slight as the baby is now the size of a banana and a homegirl is like pushing Whoa. 20 pounds heavier so emphasis on slight i have some bananas with me that's really amazing to see it's so, so weird so we like yeah that's one thing? of those is literally in my belly right now wow i know weird that's that's amazing but yeah i, I just want to get bigger for water palooza so i was like and then to be better everybody over here is big boys and big girls so to compete, you got to be big. You just That's can't true. be super lean, tiny people anymore and crush it. Yeah, it's about more than just, it's about power. So you have to balance that out with all the different functionalities that we need of you within CrossFit. But yeah, you got to, you right. You got to be pretty thick. You got to be sick. I like it. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, see so you'll, you'll have the thick body and the thick beard and the thick hair. You just be thick all over. It'd be great. That's perfect. I know. You, a lot of people said I'm thick between the ears as well, but you know, yeah, I'm out all the time. <laughs> These big people see you. I don't like this. I wasn't sure where you were going. With, I wasn't sure where you were going with that, but between the ears was the best possible option. You chose. So thank you. But, um, yeah. <laughs> thank you for we'll that. Switch me on. <laughs> so you so, uh, you just moved to Miami. Is that right? For a little bit, for an interim. Yeah. Um, we have some really big stuff that we're in January. What a pleaser. Um, and also just in terms of what we're trying to do with the events and we've partnered with F45 to deliver some huge stuff across F45 studios like globally. And part of that work is going to be working with them over here in the US, uh, which is re some really, really cool stuff. And part of that is like sampling some stuff in Miami. We've got a partnership with Miami Dolphins and we're involved with their cancer charity event and like kind of amplifying around that. Um, so that was a lot of kind of the reason to be centrally here, even though I'm literally already going to be going back to Europe pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting. And also, uh, for us to kind of really forge some opportunities to replicate some of the success we've had in the UK, I think being here and connecting in a community and talking about something consistently is going to be hopefully a little bit more helpful, uh, for sure, hopefully. Let's take just a half step back real quick. If there are listeners who haven't heard Scott on the show before, first of all, wh where have you been? I uh, know, shame on uh, you. Shame, so much shame. But second of all, um, <laughs> if it's your first time, if you're listening and it's your first time hearing about battle cancer, um, Scott, can you take us through just high level, the organization, what you do and how and why you started it? Because I think that's yeah. a really special story. Yeah, and you know, go way, way back with both of you helping out from various stages and all kinds mm -hmm. of things. So, um, yeah, you know, like a, quite a long time ago, uh, my background was in the police. I know we don't look like it, but I worked in a particular area at a police and I looked the way I looked. Um, and then I'd always been affected. So very, uh, turbulent kind of family situation. I left home very, very early. I like kind of basically got kicked out when I was like 15, 20, 16. One person who'd been very kind of consistent in my earlier life was somebody who I called my uncle Alec. He's effectively like my non-parental grandfather, but basically the only person out of a bunch of not great people who were great with me. Seeing when he got cancer was just this continual message that kind of stayed with me for many years, seeing that he was still more concerned about me, my welfare, my care, um, and watching how strong he was during cancer through the very stage of whilst he physically lost strength. 
seeing that that courage that he'd had from being a sailor in World War II to all this kind of stuff was was there and, and being super caring. Uh, and I was really bad at fundraising. I just couldn't get these million dollar things. And when you see people crawling across bridges and running across the Sahara, it's just no good at that kind of stuff. But I thought, hey, there might be a lot of people like me who want to do something, who want to move, be it through functional fitness, be it through however they define their fitness, um, to do something. And we started an event. The whole idea of the event was you would compete under a challenge, but you would fundraise and that you're fundraising. We didn't dictate where it went. We didn't control it. We didn't take gigantic salaries and burn it all down a pan. <laughs> the fundraising went to the charity that you chose. And, you know, since we started that, we've now had in dollars, almost 7 million plus dollars raised for 50 different charities across the world. We've held events now in nine different countries. We've had over 120,000 people take part in our activations or events themselves. Biggest event we ever had was a couple of months ago in London. We had almost 3,000 athletes, another 6,000 people in attendance. It fundraised over 300,000 just on that day alone for different mm -hmm. charities. We did a ton of other stuff as well during that. Set up a post-cancer care treatment, which we now run at 24 locations around the world. Helped over nearly 800 people with that. Um, that's where we pay for the coaches to deliver sessions for people when they finish the cancer treatment. Um, so we, what started off was like me wanting to continually work on remembering somebody that meant something to me. And also like, I, I talk about this a lot, but you know, that I'm not great with feelings and I'm very bad at describing them as my wife. When I, the first time I saw her in a like wedding dress, I said, it made me feel sick. It didn't make me feel sick. Oh, that just, was the wrong thing to say. It's like, that's the closest thing I can imagine. I was like, it's just, they've done this thing here that I can't really but when I hear Frank Sinatra My Way, which was my Uncle Alex's funeral song, it just oh. has a reaction. There's a thing that happens. It, you know, it's very difficult to connect to people on, on that. They don't understand the, the words. Or, you know, they need to know the feeling. And that's what we've done. We've connected with people across different languages, different backgrounds, different sports, all kinds of things to explain what that feeling is, whether it's something that you've been through yourself, somebody you know, whether it's somebody that survived, somebody that's lost. Um, and we've just done a ton of stuff along the way as well in terms of connecting to people that like what's appropriate language. And we've talked about this before. Like, how do you speak to someone who's potentially losing or lost someone? How do you actually offer support and help? And how can you talk to somebody who's going through cancer themselves in not this derogatory way? So been a really crazy journey of something I didn't set out to do where we're now here. And it's an obsession that I get to do every day, this thing that I love. And I'm nowhere near solving the problem. So it's like, yeah. even though we've grown, even though we do some cool stuff, we're still scratching that kind of problem. It is crazy to see how far you guys have come though, because you do, you, you do so many things. Battle cancer touches so many people in so many different ways. And like when I first met you at, in Norway, a million years ago, pre-pandemic, by the way, feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? When we were all like traveling the world. And, just like the 80s, and, basically. And it was so funny, <laughs> hugging strangers. Like it was just, <laughs> the world has changed. But when I first met you, you were like, hey, we do this one thing. Kevin, <laughs> can we talk? And I was like, yeah, of course. And I, I just feel like I've watched you and your wife and your organization grow so organically, but also through so much force like you scott are an absolute force and you and freya your wife is a force and you guys have like you have 
pushed for this growth over the years, where now Battle Cancer does all these things and you're in all these countries and you have this move forward program. And it's like, it's so incredible the different lives that you've that you've touched and that you continue to touch as you grow, because I think we all, you've said this, we are all affected in one way, shape or form by cancer, whether it's someone, you know, or a friend of a friend or a family member, or it's you. And the idea that you had is something that I think we all kind of like, we're all kind of like, Oh, I wish fuck cancer and this sucks and I wish I could do something and not everyone could actually do something. So the fact that you guys have grown this to the point where you have multiple programs and you're international and you have had to relocate yourself from the UK to the US because there's more opportunity for growth in this period. Like it is just, it is massive. And I would just strongly, strongly encourage anyone listening to go to your website and learn about all the things that you do because there is some way that you are affected by this terrible disease. And there is some way that you can get involved or you can get someone that you know involved. And there are so many benefits that come out of all of the things that you do. Like I can't say enough good things about the work that you guys have been doing truly. I love, um, one thing I love that you guys are doing, Scott, and I think it attributes to your success that Nikki's talking about is you haven't locked yourself just in the CrossFit. Mm. You know, I mean, you guys are CrossFitters and I love that about you, but you know, you mentioned at the top of this, you work with the Miami Dolphins, you work with the F45. And I think a lot of CrossFit brands, including the charities get so narrow visioned around our amazing community. No offense to CrossFit. We have an amazing community, but they get so narrow visioned that they can't get outside of it. And it, it stifles their growth. And you guys have kind of done the opposite. You've, you know, you've invested deeply in a CrossFit. And said, we want to be a part of this community. But when you've hit roadblocks, you were like, fuck it, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the NFL. I'll go to F45. I'll go to whoever. Like, what? How do you get that kind of open minded spirit that you guys have to, to branch out and, and reach out to, to, you know, modalities or, or disciplines outside of CrossFit? I, I think one of it is a necessity. So I think very much in the early days, I was very focused. Like, Hands up, I thought if I can get CrossFit LLC, because there's two CrossFits, there's CrossFit yeah. LLC, then there's CrossFit, which is the community, the people, everybody yep. else. So I was like, okay, if I can win over CrossFit LLC, you know, if they get behind one workout every year, we could probably raise a huge amount. They used to do that for many years and then it stopped. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a CrossFit foundation that does support some select people and I've knocked on that door and we don't do stuff and I learned very quickly that there's some wonderful people behind the doors at CrossFit LLC, but to get it as an organization to kind of focus on something is very, very difficult. And, you know, much more successful people than I have, have failed at that. And I think you also see, you know, brands, like brands with millions of dollars are now kind of seeing some of that difficulty and they're going and looking at other areas. And for me, the problem was that CrossFit is like such a bought in niche and it is still a niche like you know nobody who's crazy into crossfit could argue that people can call it a general like interest like it's still a niche but it's a niche like none other where people are so incredibly gifting to other people they're so connected that that's something so strong but i can only access that network so much and also i think the network is a little bit fatigued i think there's so many things and like you mentioned there's there's kind of non-profits that were set up i think people have been burnt by some non-for-profits before where they give in for years and years, stuff comes out, it's horrific. I think some non-profits have so much chop and change at the top end that they struggle to 
I'd rather consistent strategy or message or mission because there's just so much kind of going in and around that. And to me, I was like, right, F45 is an example of this. They've got 3,000 studios around the world and they're franchises. They're not affiliates. So franchise, if you get the global head to agree, we go, cool, we're going to do a free battle cancer class where you're going to open up your doors at every single studio to let people in if they finish cancer treatment. And also, hey, I'm going to give you for free to all of your trainers our post-cancer qualification. And how about we all do a moment where you fundraise for a local charity to that country or to that city that those studios are in. And once you get the head that buys in, the rest really buy in. The difficulty has been not only could I not get the head of CrossFit to buy in, then getting the wider community and that kind of connected network is so difficult because the gym owners are amazing. Coaches are amazing, but there's no one voice that kind of disseminates out to them. Same with the dolphins. The dolphins have their own cancer like charity. They support something called Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center. They also help smaller projects. A great one we work with here in Miami is called Sebastian Strong. The guy who really sadly lost his son, Sebastian, at a very young age. And ever since he's done phenomenal stuff around the area. And I was like, look, let's be honest. The dolphins have 10 million fans, like globally around the world. Like CrossFit has like 1 million followers on Instagram. Right. Like there's, there's a difference here in terms of who yeah. we can reach and if we can inspire people to see functional fitness because our events and our challenge is functional fitness it's not CrossFit LLC if we can we can also act as a bit of a messenger for mm-hmm. our community to grow it and introduce it to different people in a different light you know they they hear quite negative voices on the internet you know or they'll see the extreme side of the elite side of the sport but let's also act to tell people what we do so I think it, it's genuinely been a necessity that I've needed to do it. But also if these massive communities are out there, like they are all touched by this massive problem. So we need to kind of get it. And also it's whoever answers me on LinkedIn. Also there's that. a lot that don't. There's a lot that don't. If they ask me also on LinkedIn, that. I'm like, we're going. we're going. No, but it's being willing to do it. I mean, I, you yeah. know, I, F45 is really intriguing to me because they, you know, they're very similar to CrossFit and they catch a lot of hate within our community, but I mean, because they're having some financial struggles and, and to your point, they're franchises, not affiliates. And so it's a, it's a much different community than we have. And so I, I love the fact that you've latched on to this fact that they're not affiliates. Like as an affiliate owner, it's hard for CrossFit to get my attention because I can do whatever the hell I want. I only pay them three grand a year. You know, like, I don't need, I don't need to do what they tell me to do. I can just like, we were just discussing this. Like we could literally de-affiliate and we'd be as successful tomorrow as we are today. And not that we're going to do that by any stretch of imagination, but in a franchise scenario, you can't do that at all. You can't even consider it. You're done. Right. If, if you, you know, if you leave the franchise and so leveraging something like that's great. And then I think of the Miami Dolphins, like you said it, you have more fans of the Dolphins than there physically are CrossFitters worldwide. Mm-hmm. There's only five million CrossFitters worldwide, according to CFHQ. There may be more if you count the garage gym people, but still, you know. So that's just it's just amazing leverage. I just wish you'd help the Cleveland Browns. If you could come to Cleveland, that'd be that'd be great. <laughs> well, the Dolphins have been really well since we started working with them, so I'll take full credit on that. <laughs> Maybe 100%. you're the lucky charm. Maybe do you, un- the- do you understand American football at all? Have you yeah. have you learned it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like it, and also like I'm a big fan of. You know, this, my second favorite podcast after yours is the New Nights High with Jason and uh, Travis Kelsey. So 
what, okay. what the like tiny things that I didn't know, they do a really good job of kind of telling you, but I did know a lot. Like I've been to a couple of games in London. I've been to a game in Miami. So it's uh, obviously very different, but I think it's, it's also, it's again, a community that's very open to giving. It's very open to mm-hmm. connection. They do a huge amount of veterans every year. Each different club has a huge personal connection to a charity. So the Dolphins is can see, you know, like Philadelphia Eagles, they have something to autism. They, they all have something else that they massively get behind. So again, you know, for the Dolphins, they've raised something like 18 million in like four years for the Comprehensive Cancer Center. Oh it's, my God. Some real, you know, they, they, I think they did like six million alone last year. Like it's just grown and grown and grown. So I think it's for me to be able to say, learn from them as well. You know, and like Nike, you know, I've talked a lot about Nike that, we, you know, we're now doing stuff for their staff. So they have a thing called Meet Cancer, which is for Nike staff. You know, there's tens of thousands of employees across the world uh, and they have an internal team that helps people who are affected by cancer, either physically or through families. We're now working with them. We're working with them to put mm. on events that's going to be just for staff. We're working with them on our like toolkit sessions. So the trainers that are inside like gyms are giving this to the staff, but also when people are diagnosed, we're creating a network of people through that. So it's just those extra things I've not been able to do. Like I can't get everybody who does CrossFit to grow into one group and me to deliver them some toolkits and, or to give them some training for free. It's really difficult to do that. So I think it's also trying to identify those bigger brothers and sisters that you can, that you can pull in. Um, and you know, the kind of CrossFit word is still exciting to some people who are not in it. You know, I think we see some difficulty of the growth of it, but I think when I talk to Dolphins, they're like, oh, of course we'd want to win over CrossFitters because if they get behind what we're going to do, they're going to go and do all kinds of crazy challenges and they're going to do, so. <laughs> they're not wrong. Yeah, they're so, not wrong about yeah, that. Like we do a workout where we do a thousand step-ups. I was like, you know, and everybody does it and they do it for a reason. And I think, so there's still a huge power in our community that, yeah. Those outside of it are really envious of. They're envious of that connection and that sharing and bringing people together. I wouldn't have met as if it wasn't for that. I wouldn't have met of some of the best friends I have in the world if it wasn't for the sport and the training that we choose to do. So I also hope, you know, I wasn't a big Greg fan. I'm sure if he listens to the to this, he won't give a two hoots who yeah. I am. But yeah, he doesn't, no he doesn't he listen to this. He doesn't listen. My husband doesn't listen to this. I guarantee you, Greg doesn't <laughs> yeah. listen to this. But one of the things he did say, and he's kind of like kicking off sense was, well, I've created it. You go and do what you want with it. And I kind of think, well, fine. Like, you're not going yeah. to you're not gonna do it. Well, we'll go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. I was, I was a Greg fan. I'm a Greg fan for whatever that's worth. He was really good to me. But I agree with your point that, you know, what he created was a real, I'll just call it libertarian kind of environment. You know, hmm. like I'm going to build these gyms. And you go do whatever the hell you want and we're going to support you, but we're not going to charge you very much. And you're not going to get very much in return. That's kind of the deal. Like you get the name <laughs> brand, you get the name brand and you get to run it independently. And that makes it cool, but it makes it really hard to, to your point, to bring in charities and, and other things in mass. Like you can do it, but you can't have the same kind of reach you can with the dolphins or Nike or, you know, some of these mm-hmm. big, you know, kind of corporate brands. I love the Nike thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're great. They've been really wonderful with us. You know, like their expectation of what they want in return is minimal. And in fact, what we've done, instead of the usual kind of branding, naming rights, like logos everywhere, 
it, it genuinely has been all about, you know, in the very first meeting we had with them, we said, we don't want to use you. There's a different use of language. Like we don't want to use you. We want to like amplify and grow you through what we have. And that's been great and continues to be great. And we have such wonderful people that are connected to it. So there's a, a lady called uh, Debbie, a guy called Andre. They sit from like EMEA, which is like the rest of the world. They're basically in charge of Metcom. So they release Metcons and yeah. do all kinds of crazy stuff. And they're our biggest advocates. It's a guy called Sebastian over in Germany. He's like a director of men's fitness. He again is continually trying to like expand how we do stuff. He's like, okay, how do I get soccer teams involved? He was like, how do we get Battlecanter to appear at this? And like, it's never, oh, you must sell X amount of Battlecanter t-shirts or you must yeah. have our logo and all this stuff. And you know, they're huge. So they don't kind of need that. But I think, you know, even within the CrossFit space, one that I'll always continue to go back to is is Dylan over at Loud and Live and from Waterpalooza. And hence yeah. the, one of the reasons why I'm over here that Waterpalooza and Guido, who founded Waterpalooza, is somebody that I can't speak highly enough of. Mm-hmm. You know, Guido had a vision to create something where everybody around that event would benefit. And if it lifted someone up and that's what, you know, part of our conversation with the U.S. has been and with Loud and Live and what a pleasure is like, okay, nobody knows who we are over here. How do we bring something and introduce it? And how can we amplify and again, jump on a bigger brother and a bigger sister without asking too much in, in return other than let's create an awesome experience and help change some people. I can't quite bring Nike into it because they've got a big old TYR sponsor, but other mm-hmm. than that. Um, yeah, that's, you know, so there even, even within the kind of like big name CrossFit side of things, there is some people that are really open to amplifying what we do. Just the LLC bit, I think I've probably just got a little too much stuff on the hands to bet. Yeah. Well, maybe I, they do have too much on their hands or they're creating their own mess maybe, but I wonder if there's a way to, (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble for that. Um, I wonder if there's a way to, to get them to collaborate more. Like, I just think. If there are a way to invite them in to whatever you're doing with the Miami Dolphins, as an example, now, don't you don't have to go do this because I said so. But as an example, like when you can pair two businesses together that need each other, that don't have a common connection and you're the common connection. Now, all of a sudden, maybe LLC does want to spend more time with you because you have better yeah. connections than they have, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I I'm I'm not sure they're smart enough to pull that off. So. You know, it's, it's still just a suggestion, but, you know, I think they've got their hands full trying to figure out what the hell they're doing for the next mm. 18 months. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, I think to be super honest, you know, we look at our London event where we had so many thousand people that attended and only 15% of them said they came from a grocery affiliate. No kidding. You know, 15%. You know, when we very first began the events, that would be 95% said they came yeah. from a grocery affiliate. You know, yeah. now, now, like our biggest growth, like audience sector is, uh, women 35 and above who like identify themselves as becoming just now interested into fitness and wellness. They are doing a challenge that we create, which is effectively you would find in any kind of CrossFit gym, but they don't call themselves CrossFitters. They wouldn't go to a CrossFit affiliated gym or box, but they're doing the same thing and they've got the same interest and they leave talking about protein and PCAs and mm-hmm. should I take creatine or not? And how, what kind of, should I sleep? Should I sleep more? Like, what temperature should I sleep? So all these things that we think like we kind of talk about, it's really permeating into a different part of society. And again, that's great for me because these people who have maybe not been so health conscious, maybe they haven't thought about their bodies. They've not thought about the people around them for the first time, but how can I still attract and showcase what we do uh, to that group? Yeah. 
And that, that's been a, a big challenge and why we've kind of made some changes with the format and also working with the F.5s and look like Hyrox crush so mm. many events at the moment. I can't keep up with them. They got so much money, but there's, they're doing well for a reason because they're getting people in and people yeah. like you both did it, yeah. you know, you both kind yeah. of went and experienced it. Um, so I also have to look, what I used to do was look up at CrossFit all the time. Now I'm looking up at them and going, Hey, what do they do that works? Because they're getting thousands and thousands and thousands everywhere all around the world. So I think the space is also just becoming so much more mature as more yeah. people and en- as more people enter it. Well, you Nikki didn't experience really Hyrox, by the way, Nikki. You didn't experience it. You won it. Let's, I did win. I did won the build. That's I, I experienced it because I was really hungover and did not chew up. also did solo, so did twice as much work yes. because I had a partner. But um, you know what this means, Scott, truly, is just proof positive that us basic bitches run the world. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear it True. for the 35 to 39 I'm women. Telling you, I'm it's telling you. It's us. Okay. Embrace the most. Do the most pre-activity. Do <laughs> like offensively do the most reps. Do like, I'm telling you. Hell yeah. Chuggy as hell. And then we'll post about it yep. on Instagram. What's up? Right. Chuggy as hell. But it's, it's also without <laughs> ego. It's also without like too much kind of argument. You know, we, you can spot people who come to our events who are like seasoned gross vet like competitors because they're like oh that person didn't quite do this over the line oh, why why i don't do it but competition breeds that like in everybody yeah. even though we've fun like i still want people to be competitive yeah. but you know we we do see it from that you know and another thing that we've really tried to work on this year is so in terms of minority ethnic racing groups their diagnosis of cancer is at a much later stage and there's tons of historic mm. reasons as to why that is in terms of like mistrust of medical like previous testing thing and, you know, for us in the UK, we really identified like, hey, we are so white and middle class. Like, mm. How how can I? And the, the answer was, it wasn't me. It wasn't me that could do this. So we worked with some phenomenal groups, again, like initiated by Nike all across London, from youth dance groups, from people who run, there's a guy called Manny who runs like uh, PTs who are like black Asian minorities who wouldn't usually get kind of jobs at higher end locations across London coaches them trains them and gets them like positions and we even have drake's girlfriend which was pretty crazy do our london event um, so we that's that's amazing for us though because i can't keep just being the face of it because i don't represent the face of the audience that we want to capture it's more than one face and I, and that's again you know a problem crossfit's had for quite a while so again instead of me waiting for the kind of head of it to, to correct it I was like, hey, I just need to get people who have their own communities, who are trusted and respected in their communities to come and do some really cool stuff with us. Um, and it works. And it, and, and it, we continue to need to do it to get more people to have awareness and to come and feel that they belong there as well, which is a big thing to not feel you turn up to somewhere and that you stand out. Because that, you know, that's a horrifying like, thing to me that somebody would come to an event or a venue or an activation and feel that they stood out. And particularly here in the US, that's something that we're really trying to like work on with some really Mm. wonderful people in the community as well. So can you talk a little bit about what the partnership with Wadapalooza is going to look like? Because that event is like real soon. Yeah. And I I want more people to sign up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are you, what is, what are you guys going to do in Miami at the event? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So 
I, I use the royal we because I am going to be competing. So I'll be like a little bit distracted. Um, I'll be there on site and doing tons of stuff. However, so on the Sunday, so on the 14th, we have all day running like our own event. Um, so you can choose. So the gauntlet will be finished. There'll be nothing else other than kind of elites going on to come in. You can come and take on our 90 minute challenge. So we've launched the brand new, slightly less cross fit version of our event. <laughs> And it's, it began with this horrible number of 20,000. So 20,000 people get diagnosed in the US every single day with cancer. So it's this like horrible, but significant number in the UK. It's how many people pass away per week in Germany. It's how many people are diagnosed every five days. It's just this number that kind of continually used. I know you can use stats for anything, but it just came up as this horrible number. So we were like, okay, it's a horrible number. Let's turn it into a horrible challenge. So you're going to enter into the event and you're going to work your way through five certain stations as a team. And you collectively have to try and accumulate 20,000 reps. Oh. So, those, so those reps are across meters. So you're going to use an air runner. You're going to use an air bike. You're going to use a rower. And then you have two non-cardio movements. And they're deadlifts. You have sandbags. And then on the second round, you have a dumbbell snatch. You have burpees. So very accessible. You don't need to have high-end gymnastics, high-end weightlifting. You just have to be able to full send in a team across some cardio machines and a little bit of kit um we tested it all many ways around it's really hard to hit twenty thousand. the other kind of thing that we did still was every dollar you fundraise for your chosen charity is one less wreck so if you turn up and you fundraise ten thousand you only got ten thousand to do and you get to complete a challenge and you're going to look like a superhero so we we wanted to kind of get rid of these ideas of really complicated wads really things that people wouldn't kind of understand you know, even people who've done CrossFit for years come to our events and go, I don't know what the workout is. Even though we've sent videos and all kinds of stuff. So we were like, hey, let's just remove that. Like, let's give you the opportunity. This Hyrox works so well because you turn up and you have this really simplistic yep. thing. You know you're going to do something. Mm -hmm. You go into something else. It's super measurable against other people. You know, you, there's like a connectivity and again, sharing the experience so that everybody can leave and be like, 20,000 reps. I ain't doing that again, or yeah, I want to huh? do that again, you know, because yeah. I want to get to 21,000 or whatever. So we're going to launch that. So we're going to, there's like an expanded footprint this year in terms of Guadalupe. So we've taken over a street that's just across oh, the bay. Man. So it's going to be full free access to come and spectate to that. Uh, and we work really closely with Loud on Live. So basically every person who signs up to a team gets the day pass to the main Guadalupe. So yeah. you're going to save yourself by doing our challenge. And we're going to give you a ton of freebies and all kinds of wonderful stuff that will happen like on that venue space. Uh, and then you get to enjoy the experience around that as well. So yeah, it's, you know, like super honest. We've really struggled. We don't have huge marketing budgets. Yes, we managed to grow. We managed to do some stuff, but we need to get people to experience it. And once people experience it, they get converted and they believe in it and they have their own emotional attachment. And so hopefully this is a great chance for us to directly reach the community what a pleaser brings people from all over the world. It's not just Miami. So we're really excited. What a pleaser have been great. The team at Loud and Live have been really wonderful. We're, we're doing a ton of outreach here in the localized community. But if you come into What a Palooza, like we've got the perfect 90 minute workout. So you're going to feel like an absolute rock star. Fundraise a minimum of $50 per person. You're going to leave with a supermarket. We've got this epic basketball jersey pre-sale battle cancer miami with your name printed yeah. on the fat 
Can you yes, only get them if cool. you compete? Because your girl does not have 20,000 reps in her, but I will donate for a jersey. That's badass. Of course you're going to get one. But when we Let's need to have it, it like, like Brazier plus three. Right, exactly. Well, and you've got the, you got the kind of basketball belly thing going on. So it'd be even It's going to be perfect. Perfect. I, like it. <laughs> I need an XXL. Do, do um, I have the math them. of this right? It's 20. If you raise 20 grand, you don't have to do 20,000 reps. You can walk through, you can walk through like the absolute king. All right. So here's what you guys say. Here's my, my banker suggestion for you. You tell everyone (laughs) working out, bring your checkbooks about 10,000 reps in. You just start walking to the line going, who wants to write a check? Someone's (laughs) going to tap out and write you a check. Who wants to be done? Yep. Who wants (laughs) to be done? Write a check. You can finish right now. You know, we, that's the whole point. You know, we did so much research in this past year. We said, look, when you go and ask people to donate, because there's a thing, charity fatigue, you know, we've talked about it before when you kind of had me on, you know, it's difficult for people to keep asking. You got to It's got to be hard. Like I'm from the North of England. We do not part with our cash easily. I need to know that you're going to be really suffering for me to give you something. And knowing that you're going to try and do 20,000 reps in 90 minutes, even 90 minutes in itself is a slog like it's a challenge it's more like a tough mudder it's more like a spartan it's something yeah. for you to take on going someone saying like hey give me five dollars and then when they give you five you're like but if you just give me ten that's another five less burpees i have to do <laughs> in this huge so thing. meaningful yeah in the past it was like oh hey i'm taking on this event and it's really cool and there's all these things like ice baths and yoga and all this stuff and people are like yeah it's a great cause but like why should i support that when now it's like, well, I'm climbing the like fitness Everest. Like, can you please yeah. help me out here? But yeah. still super, still super accessible to people, but it sucks. Like I did it in Tennessee a couple of weeks ago at a gym, which again, just even more testing and people were buzzing afterwards, but during it, they were hamstrings were not happy. Uh-huh. Lower back was not happy. Chest is not happy. They were all rolling on the floor. But again, everyone was super happy afterwards. And I was like, yeah. imagine that, but with the palm trees, that January yeah. sun in Miami. Some of your favorite athletes kind of walking around, coming and high-fiving, like, no, it's time to Jesse. Like, all these people that have been so gracious to kind of help us already going to be down there and, you know, making little appearances. Like, come on, this is going to be the best experience you're going to have. Maybe people have fatigue and don't want to donate to you because they think the money's going to hair gel and moose. <laughs> and tattoos. And tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, right. Most of the people that don't know that, like, that, like, Scott and Freya basically didn't take a salary for the first however many years of this company. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I like, remember. I'm just I remember say those it, days. There's people that pay themselves like a hundred percent more, which is wild when it came out. No, and like, we don't. And, you know, the, I think the biggest thing for people, I think this has been also quite tricky for some people to get their head around, like both from the events and from the post-cancer program, is that you choose where your fundraising goes. The ticket is the cost of putting that event on. Like you can't just miraculously build something in the center of London and Berlin and Paris. However, but when you choose what fundraising you're doing, we don't skim from it. I physically can't. Even if I was the biggest crook in the world and I wanted to, it goes directly to the charity. I can't intercept that. That's the way that it's been so safe and secure. That's why Nike works with us. It's why all these different people trust the organization and, and get get into bed with us because that's the system. And with the post-cancer program, you know, we've raised 70K in two years and that's helped 800 people. So we're not, it's really cost-effective. Everything that we do, 
I've got to be really honest. I don't put any product in my hair. This is just three sessions of work. Now you're, now you're Stop just bragging. It. You're just bragging. That's, you know, serious. Yeah, no product. Is, this is why CrossFit LLC won't work with you, Scott. Because have you seen? Have you seen the last two CEOs? Last three CEOs, for God's sakes. Follow you're too pretty. Chance. You're too pretty for them. They're just all jealous. <laughs> They're all jealous of that head of hair. That's all it is. Maybe. Wow. But I. Not I even promise. dry shampoo. You don't even dry shampoo that shit. I mean, like I wash my hair. I'm not like that bad. But um, oh, yeah, no, no, uh, for no. sure, me too. <laughs> but no, just just kind of yeah. just a mixture of sweat and humidity. I think that's the that's the secret sauce. In all honesty, right, you're born for Miami. That's what it means. But I imagine that Nikki won't be coming. Maybe to Miami. I hope so. So I have not okay. yet been called, but I'm keeping all my fingers and toes crossed that I will. Okay. Because I'm, you know, only halfway through this Prager. Well, I mean, you, literally have, you literally gave the games like when you were probably about two days away from. <laughs> that's actually accurate. I landed home on Monday and I delivered on Thursday. So, yes, that's actually entirely <laughs> accurate. Uh, let's not do that again. I will not be working uh, another event 38 weeks pregnant. I learned my lesson. My swollen feet learned it for me. But, but. I'm hoping I'm keeping all my fingers and toes crossed. Yeah. Um, I know that they're still working out a bunch of major details in terms of their broadcast, but I would really love to be a part of the team again. So we will see. And we'll John, see. will we be graced by the meme logs like mothership? <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm okay. I'm leaning toward no, but never say never. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a spot on the start line ready for you. Oh, I, well, yeah. It, it, Teasing me into a 90 minute workout is not making me want it to might fly be the to way. <laughs> it might be the way. Wait, I'm confused a little bit. Teams of how many people do these 20,000 reps? It's two or four. So, and it's, it's basically the way that it's worked out is it, there's no advantage to being in a four because you have double the machines, you have double the barbells. So, if you're in a two, one of you works, one of you rests, and then there's some synchro elements. If you're in a four, two of you are always working. So, we double out the machines for the teams of four. Uh, and we throw in the old horrible, like, lowest counts. So you can't sandbag mm. one of those bike, bikes mm. or you can't sandbag one of the rows or the runs. Um, so there's a little bit more nuances in terms of, like, how we set up people scoring. But, yeah. yeah, we've tested it as a two. The very first thing I did when I was writing it is I tested it on my own. Which what? was horrifically boring. Yeah, it was just very boring on my own. With no music in the gym. Everybody had left. Because I was like, I need to do this fully to experience what I'm writing here for other people. Because it's all well and good me trying to sell it to everyone, but if I've not done it, it's it's no good. But um, you did all twenty thousand yourself. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. How long it was, did it take you? The ninety minutes. Like so, I did. Yeah, I just I managed in the ninety minutes. But it's such a different thing because if you sit on those machines and timeframes and you push yourself, it's such a different experience when you have a team that are driving yeah. you like crazy, yeah, sure. and your heart rate so much higher. And you feel it, but I kind of wanted to feel the experience. Same with the program, you know, because you know we make so many tweaks and changes to the post cancer program. We test everything. We we have to experience and feel it before other people do. Um, but it's so much fun in a four. Like, and yeah. if you think you're super hardcore, we have a compete division where you're gonna wear a weight vest on the runner. Uh -huh. then have, yeah, mm -hmm. you're gonna have some harder work on the deadlifts. You're gonna have like. Yeah, just a little bit more difficult for people. We realize a lot of people want that like extra spicy challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty thousand rep yeah. workout and be like too easy. Cross crossfitters, that too. Yeah, hey, no, are these, you're right. You're right. 
Are these CrossFit meters or actual meters, Scott? Because we we yeah, assume these are games. Yeah, these are real meters. Oh, Still okay. not been able to get my twenty k, my five k anywhere near those. Uh, yeah, well, no, didn't they say though it was five thousand yards? Yards, yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're in so, the states now. Do two thousand freedom units. It'll be great. <laughs> Could I ask you a, an American question? Of course. There's so many products that are titled Freedom Ice. What's that supposed to taste like? Who knows? Sugar. It's all sugar. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Anything in the U.S. is going to be oil or sugar. That's all it is. I've seen so many pre-workouts, so many like drinks. They're all like tight. There's even like an uh, like a flavored water, and they're all flavored Freedom Ice. And I just I didn't know if it's one of these things I didn't understand. And I was like, "What's Freedom Ice supposed no, to, look, to taste like?" Fu- fundamentally, everything you're going to get in the states because it's going to be full of preservatives and sugar. That's all you and oil and freedom so need. apparently, yeah, and, and a lot of freedom. Which, you know, you guys don't have that in Europe, you know, so that's the difference. You get fresh food in Europe, but no freedom and all freedom and none of it's fresh in the States. That's the And free healthcare everywhere, but here. Oh, yes. whoa. Yes. What? Oops. We get oh, lots sorry. of, we get all the freedom, but, but except in healthcare. Right. <laughs> except right. in healthcare. Right. But we I must get... say, experiencing Thanksgiving was really wonderful. Like we, oh, we had yeah. like a half a kind of. Thanksgiving of everybody and and, it, and I was kind of a bit concerned that it was partly celebrating getting rid of the British so I was like it's completely maybe. celebrating getting rid of the British yeah, yeah. no it's <laughs> also <laughs> celebrating like wiping out all of the indigenous people of this country yeah. maybe yeah. but so but, but what it was really wonderful was to see a lot of people who spent a lot of time just reflecting and whether what they were actually thankful for and I think that was something that we in Europe don't do certainly in the UK we're not very vocal about that and I was like, this is a really wonderful thing because, and I don't like, again, bringing that whole like tone down, but there's cancer doesn't affect you until it does. And mm-hmm. there's not many times that those tiny moments that you take for granted every day, you don't stop and think of them. And I thought, what a wonderful moment that quite a lot of people spend doing that. I also imagine you spend a lot of time arguing with your relatives you've not seen for a year, but oh, yeah. <laughs> you are stopping for a moment. To, to think of that and, and I thought what a really wonderful message and I think that's something that I want to try and like get not across on that's not going to happen but just within our events so I was like we want to have like a thankful wall we want people to be able to leave messages on there in terms of the person or the people or the memories that they were really thankful to hold on to so while I'm here I am trying to steal as much of the wonderful stuff that this country has to offer what uh, should, what foods did you great. have on Thanksgiving? What were your the what American foods did you try? You had well, so we we had like a breakfast. So we were very kindly invited to Guido, so the founder of Waterpolis's house. Um, oh, yeah, so we had deal. like a really nice uh, breakfast. We had a workout, obviously CrossFit. So we had a mm-hmm. five round workout with four hundred meter runs and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, um, and then like pancakes, bacon, fruit, all that kind of stuff. So we we didn't have the like full Thanksgiving lunch kind of vibe with turkey and all these other things wait yeah this is a hot topic question john what time is your thanksgiving meal oh ours was it was late evening so we went over there around 3 30 and i think food was probably 5 30 or 6 mm-hmm, because it's probably. dinner thanksgiving yeah. dinner <laughs> yes imagine that you know the majority of people in this country eat quote-unquote thanksgiving dinner at like fucking 2 p.m including now my house the brazier household 
Yeah, you got to get all the family together. It's hard to get everybody together in the evenings. It's difficult. Yeah, it's a completely new thing that I did not know until I met my husband. And we started hosting Thanksgiving a few years into our relationship where like my family always ate at like seven because it's fucking dinner. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> it's like this. Now, I, the more people I talk to, the more I'm like, this is a hot button topic. What time is Thanksgiving? But Matt is all about Thanksgiving lunch, quote unquote, so that you can heat up leftovers again for dinner see that's like christmas vibe to me you would would surely be christmas vibe right because christmas dinner is at what time scott so for me personally i'd say we're going at like yeah two or three yeah okay and we're gonna eat again at like eight at night probably we're gonna right exactly exactly do you want the best leftover recipe in the world and this is mainly for thanksgiving but you can do it for christmas too and so okay, if you okay. sign up to Battle Cancer Waterpalooza, you also get a printed PDF version of this. So only <laughs> give it via audio. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's uh, you won't need to print directions because it's really easy. You get frozen puff pastry dough. Okay? okay. You roll it out and you roll it into like strips and then you take your leftovers and you put them all in, like all the whole thing. So you put like a little bit of turkey, a little bit of stuffing, some potatoes, some mac and cheese, like whatever. I guess it's if for Christmas, it'd be ham, right? I don't know. Yeah. I'm yes. just, I, I, yeah. Okay. And then you. Nikki's a Jew. She wasn't I'm sure, but then no ham fries. Christmas. We're hosting Christmas for yeah. the first time this year ever, 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 ever. And Matt bought a ham. So I'm like, that's what people eat, right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so and then you roll it and then you egg wash it and bake it and it's like a it's like a wellington almost it's like the flakiest butteriest best parts of your dinner all at once and then you dip it on thanksgiving you dip it in cranberry sauce but you could dip it in gravy you dip it it's like a big thanksgiving egg roll but in a puff pastry it's the best it's better than thanksgiving dinner so do you guys know what a yorkshire pudding is only from watching the great british baking show okay because that's that's something that i had to really bring into like freya's family that i was like right, okay i'm northern we survived on yorkshire puddings we have to introduce them to it and trying to explain to many people in miami what a yorkshire pudding is, is very very difficult are um, they gross no no they're wonderful just kidding okay explain so of course if you imagine take like a pancake batter and then you put it in like a cup and then it grows up and it becomes this like really nice, gigantic kind of like slightly sweet but savory addition to the meal. But kind of like what you've just explained, there's another thing in the UK called toad in the hole, which is where you take different things like sausage or you take some vegetable and you put it in that batter and you cook it in the oven and this thing rises up and then you have the different stuff that's inside of it. So for your British listeners, they should know what Yorkshire pudding is and what toad in the hole is. The US listeners, if they fancy doing something different, it could oh be a combination God, of these great. things. I would totally eat that. No one, no one trusts this. No one. You guys, <laughs> you guys, you guys put beans on toast and you top it with cheese. Come on, like no one, no one believes you, Scott. No one. I tried. I tried no to one. give something back to the country that's given me a lot, but I tried, I tried to give something back. Here's what my here's what my very American Thanksgiving was like. I get the girls up on Thanksgiving morning. We go to Cracker Barrel. There's <laughs> nothing favorite. more this is my American. Woolly tradition. Nothing more American than Cracker Barrel. Now here's the new thing at Cracker Barrel. They start selling alcohol. Now I'm not yeah. drinking much these days, like very little. 
but they have mimosas at Cracker Barrel. So I'm like, I'll order one. So I order one and our, our server is a middle-aged white woman and she, I order it and she leaves and goes, comes back and goes, can I see your ID? I'm not making this up. Both my daughters are looking (laughs) at me like, what the fuck is going on right now? Right (laughs) now? I just assume because this is Cracker Barrel, they have a policy that they're going to ID everyone. It's the rule. Sure. I would think the the same thing. Yeah. So I hand her the ID, but then she stares at it for a very uncomfortable amount of time. Like, (laughs) I swear, like, just really trying to figure out how old I am. I'm like, what are you doing right now? There's no way you think I'm even close to 21. Why are you doing the math in your head as to my real age? Like, this is totally bizarre, you know? So that that was the first weird thing. But we had biscuits and bacon and hash brown casserole and cinnamon apples and mm. all the great things you can have at Cracker Barrel and a couple of mimosas. Then we come home and we put up our tree and we have more mimosas, this time with the girls. Yes. They love it. <laughs> and then I go to my ex-wife's house for Thanksgiving dinner because we're very progressive that way proud of you for that nice. it was great yeah they're very nice and but my daughters like it because they they want me to bring up politics like they <laughs> like they're like they're like daddy please say something about israel just bring it up would you just oh, bring God. it up i'm like no i am not doing that at thanksgiving dinner i'm not i'm not blowing up a conversation with people i'm not even related to you know? i was gonna say is that the woolly hand grenade we have i have a couple i could have thrown but i didn't yeah, I, I reined it in Sat there and had my dinner, and it was very good. They did deep fried turkey, as only Americans. Yes, I love so, a deep fried turkey. Oh, it's really so, good. So it looks good. So fast. My uh, my ex wife's husband does this every year, and he's great at it, like great at it. And uh, and then you know all the side items are great. And my my oldest daughter made mac and cheese for the first mm-hmm. time on her own, and for it was her. great. Yeah, yeah, like from scratch, not like yeah, boxed, yeah. you know. Wow. And it was it was fun. It's a good time. No Yorkshire guys... pudding though. None. How? You may still figure. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. It stimulates hair follicle growth. Is oh, that's research. probably yeah, it. Yeah, that's probably that's my the problem. Key. I think Huberman oh, talks about it on his podcast. Yeah. So if you get him on as a guest, you could just double check. Yeah, I'm sure he's dying to come on here. And then <laughs> and and uh and then we came home and me and my youngest daughter watched Ole Miss and Mississippi State play football. Thanksgiving Aww, as, as what only a great day. It was. It was a great a, day. And Ole Miss won, so it was even a better day. It was great. I do have to I think you're missing out drinking some freedom ice. I know. Right. It's the only <laughs> thing missing from your day. Freedom ice. Freedom ice. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna learn very quickly, Scott, if you've you know you you mentioned you put on those 10 pounds intentionally because you want to get bigger for crossfit really easy to put on weight in the states really mm. easy it has really accelerated easy. in the two weeks i've been in <laughs> yeah. and you know what though it's not even this is a whole nother podcast we could get into i can't open this can of worms but it's not only because we have like <laughs> culinarily speaking dishes that will make your ass fat um it's also just like in general i don't know like just the the general amount of like weird ingredients and preservatives and whatever that this country uses like in general it's easier to put on weight here than overseas and we find this all the time my mom and i talk about this all the time she spends a lot of time in europe and she's like i can eat bread and cheese and pastries and croissants every time i'm in france for like a month straight and not gain the kind of weight that i gain here when i like look at a muffin and i'm like i know it's just 
culturally we've just kind of well, i don't know i don't know well, what you just mentioned like we make all of that with it quote unquote enhanced flour crisco we make yeah, it with well, crisco well <laughs> and flour crisco. is different like for sure flour and chocolate yeah I think, and, and milk are really wildly different, different. Like, they're, yeah. they're the biggest like things that we've seen and, and it also goes down to i think like availability and cost yes because totally when you see so many people here and you know you, you touched on healthcare and you touched on those other things like it's very cheap to go to Walmart and buy like a hundred of one particular kind of thing. But if you go and you try and buy something that's a little bit more fresher, a little, the cost just aspect is really difficult. People forget going yeah. into Whole Foods unless you've remortgaged your apartment. Yeah. Uh-huh. And forget doing like a CSA or a, a farm share or something from like a local farm or something. Like I'm, I'm for sure speaking from like a place of food privilege when i say like thank god we have local folks nearby where we get like our milk and stuff and that not not everybody has that opportunity but yeah in general it's all (laughs) how much time you got for us to list the problems there are so many problems they've been going crazy here in the states because somebody just something went viral recently about a mcdonald's meal and i don't know what the meal was but it was like a burger and fries and a soda and it was like almost twenty dollars and people are losing their minds that, oh, my God, McDonald's is so expensive now. This is Biden's inflation or whatever. And and that may or may not be true. I don't know. But I, I was watching it going. A little part of me was like, well, kind of thank God that that cheap, shitty food is now going to make people think twice about ordering it. I don't know. Oh, they still have a 99 cent menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they will. I know. I'm not naive. Like, I get it. You know, but my point is, it's like, it's hard to eat healthy in the U.S. because it's expensive. It is expensive. To it do is it. expensive. Certain, yeah. You can add, we're probably the only, I shouldn't say we're the only, but I bet we're one of the few countries in the world with as many homeless people we have that are also obese. Yeah. Yeah, it's you rough. Know? Because yeah. it's super easy to eat mm. terrible food cheap. Yes. To your point, the dollar menu at McDonald's or wherever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? And there's a lot of data that we have about food deserts and how that affects different types of communities. And it's it's rough. It's really and then think rough. how much expect, like how expensive CrossFit has to be in certain cities where those issues are really prevalent. And it's not because gym owners are greedy. Like, trust right, me. And you, and you know this, John and Nikki, you know it from like your box. You don't open a CrossFit box to get rich. Yeah. It's, it has a negative effect on the outcome. But yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm not getting yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah, trust yeah me, no. no. But you you have like still keep lights on and you have to balance our book. And it's really difficult when the thing that can change your life can cost you three hundred dollars a month, but mm-hmm. the thing that will sustain you you can buy for thirty dollars. And it, I think that's also really tricky. I'm not saying that's CrossFit's problem. It's not. It's just it's the focus on what's like affordable and, and accessible. And you know that's why we did the post cancer program free. People were like, yep. oh, do we have to pay a little bit? I was like, no, free is free. You just turn up and it's free. And that's why we want to do more of these things with F45s, like with Nike, because Nike are opening up gyms across the US. Yes, that's we, right. We're, we're doing more of these things where it's completely free to come. You will get a coach-led class for free. The only thing you got to do is give away an email that you might get an offer every now and again on, but you don't have to use the offer. And in fact, like you could just make up an email and you're still going to, I probably shouldn't say that, but you just make up an email <laughs> and register anyway. <laughs> and so like, how can we make this free? And it's not just people who've been affected by cancer. It's anybody who wants to come and move and connect. And, you know, it's very difficult for gyms to be able to do that themselves. 
it's, you know, there's a great guy connected with him in Tennessee who's got um, a gym called CrossFit Elysium and he's doing this initiative there about trying to get more people from this town that's super small to come and get classes and get moving and they have to stay on a program and to keep getting a free membership, they have to hit certain things, but it encourages them to come in. So it's really hard when you look at all those things without even touching on healthcare and when you're diagnosed, what that might kind of face you pre-diagnosis and post-diagnosis. So it is hard. It's really, really difficult. And I certainly am not the person to change it at the top, but it's like, hey, if we can open a few of these things at the bottom that help, it might make a change for some people. Mm-hmm. I do love the post-cancer program that you guys have is probably my my favorite element of what Battle Cancer does because I never really knew until you guys shed light on it for me that the people who have gone through treatment are just kind of left like almost like resourceless, right? Like they've gone through this horrific life-shattering experience and treatment can oftentimes be so terrible and scary and painful and like all that stuff. And then, you know, finally, when you're done with it, whether you're in remission or not, when you're done with your treatments, what people are just kind of like, okay, you're all set. Bye. And, and like, how are you supposed, how are you supposed to function? People don't know how to approach you. You don't know how to like reacclimate into everyday life. And it was just like, it was this thing that I never really thought about because I've not lived it. And so offering those folks like a a proven and tested method to reacclimate back into some sort of sense of normalcy and also to regain the strength they need to get back to their everyday lives and the mental strength and the fortitude and whatever. Like that program to me is, is one of the best things that you guys have ever come up with. And I was just talking to someone today who didn't know about, I was like, I want to talk to Scott tonight from battle cancer. And she was like, Oh, what's that? And we were talking about it. And I talked about the program and she was like, Oh, well I work with people I work in oncology, so I work with people who go through this. And I was like, you need to cancer. So it's you know, just do, like we, everyone is touched, truly. We do it in, you know, in Spain, we're really lucky we have a location that we have multiple sessions. But you actually, when you get diagnosed, we have the hospital in the center of Barcelona that tells you that our program is available and we'll sign yeah. you up. So yeah. we actually, day of diagnosis, like not the day, that's a bit extreme, but like having been diagnosed as you start to come to terms with what that journey is going to look like, you get told about it. And that's something that we want to strive to like keep doing. And, and that community in Barcelona, we, have, we almost have 60 athletes at a time, every time. So it, it's, it really does, does work. But also I think there was an element that the way I wanted the model to work was that it would keep money in gyms because we pay coaches, we pay the coaches to deliver the sessions for free. So again, instead of just taking from the gyms and saying, Hey, we do a fundraiser for us and we want to do this, this, and this with it. We were like, well, we'll give you the money. Like you do it. Like we'll give you the toolkit and we'll give you the certification. We'll give you everything else and just do it. And you can hear people walking through your door and brings a little bit of value back into those gyms and to those coaches. So I think that again, not even just from a cancer related thing. There's so many other people that do really wonderful stuff. It's a really clever model to keep the community mm-hmm. that kind of floats you semi-rewarded back into that process. It's yeah. something that I, I would love to cross it one day to do. You know, I was like, hey, is there any chance to do something where instead of, you know, you do a fundraiser every year, but you redistribute that so that you could host classes and gyms could apply to then get that grant funding. And instead of just giving it to like me, give it to gyms, like just do it that way. And I think that's what we're trying to do with the F45s. And again, because we have that ability. So we now have, I think, like eight different F45s around the world doing the post-cancer program. They didn't, yeah. have, squat, they didn't have squat racks. 
So we've put squat racks in F45s and they lose their minds because they're like, oh, there's this thing called squatting and we've got really good strong legs and we've helped our back in. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's what happens when you nice. do squats. And so, Imagine that. <laughs> so there, there's such a great thing around it. And, and like, we don't need to own the USP. That's why everything, constantly we give away. You just want to do a change and make something happen with it. And I always think like, if it all was to go away tomorrow, could we look back and say, well, we were, we managed to make a difference to some people and $7 million is great, but you don't see it and you don't feel it, but you do that. You do get those messages from people when you meet people in person, the change that that affects people is, is wild. And I ain't done that. You know, that's the coaches and it's the people. And also like the way John, the way that you speak and you're not afraid to say some stuff, that's what they want. They don't want to mm-hmm. keep being like treated like babies. They're used to pain. They're used to a bit of dark humor. They're used to some mortality stuff. They want to come into somewhere where it's like, we don't care that you've had cancer. We're still going to treat you like we're going to treat everyone else. And that's, again, the other thing that we try and do is treat people like adults, not treat yeah. them like well, babies that have had something. You're building community. Like that, uh, yeah. at the fundamentally, what you're doing here, particularly with the post cancer treatment, is you're building and, and sustaining community. Imagine if you started CrossFit, you did it for a year, and you let's just say you PR Fran. I mean, I'm having to imagine this because I I don't do that. <laughs> but but imagine you PR Fran, and they go, "Okay, you're done. You're fit. Get out." Mm. And now you've lost this community that you're part of. Well, it's no different when someone's diagnosed with cancer and then they go into remission or you know, they're cured or however you want to word it. And then they're out of the medical system. They've lost that community they were a part of during that time they were in treatment. And I have to believe there's a, there has to be a sense of loss there. Mm. They're not with the people that were supporting them during the hardest time in their life. And what you're doing is the opposite of that. You're saying, all right, now that you've, you've pushed through this, we're going to continue to support you. We're going to continue to be there for you. You're going to help others. And that's, such a tremendous gift for people that you just, you just, I can't overstate it how important that is for people that they continue to be a part of it. And I think that's why what you guys are doing is going to last so much longer than, you know, you, uh, I'm not going to name other charities, but you know, there's so many other cancer charities that are doing the opposite of this where they're fundraising and putting it toward, you know, um, you know, research and that's great, but it's not what we're describing here which is really giving people kind of a longer term vision on life and really being a part of something bigger than themselves, which I think is really, really critical for people. Yeah, and Scott, how many, how many people go through the program, the post-cancer program, fall in love with it and then decide to be, become coaches for the next yeah. wave of cancer yeah. survivors yeah. like that? Yeah, it's cool. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and if we can't attest to that, like, you know, and I'll, I'll send you both some stuff afterwards, which is a couple of little videos that have been pulled together just to see. And some of that is people talking about that, who've been through that process and be come through the other side to help other people. And then it's completely self-sustaining at that point. Even if we couldn't fund locations, the work we've done, the fact that it's been reviewed by three different universities, the fact that you can get the certification, we've gifted that out. We've got so many things that kind of happening that. At some point, the idea is that, hey, well, we don't need to ask the donations from that side. Like we can have that completely self-sustaining and choose whoever else you still want to support through the event. So mm-hmm. I think, and again, just meeting wonderful people along the way, like you guys have been incredibly gracious every time to give me our time, to give me the chance to explain the thing that most people don't know about. Um, 
I wish I could pull you in the viewer numbers that maybe some of your other guests get, but if I keep up in the hair game, I could maybe try. Maybe. Yeah, uh huh. You're try. competitive. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> I got I got no stake in this. None whatsoever. <laughs> None whatsoever. Well, Scott, thank you for joining us, man. We love we always mm -hmm. love having you on. I, yeah. I hope I talk myself into coming to Miami. I'm not doing your 90 minute workout. I'll come yell at people if you want. You know, if you want, I'll come yell at people and help them get to 20,000 reps. I'm just not going to do 20,000 reps. Like a little MC role, potentially? Yeah, for I'm good at that. Mm, no, well, first of all, I, no, I'm not good at that, Nikki. And no one, you do not want to put me on a live mic and just say, hey, John, <laughs> say whatever comes up to the top of your head. Whatever you think of, just say it to a microphone. That's a terrible idea. I can edit this. Like when I say horrible things, I can edit it out. That's why we don't do it live. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I I think I think you're doing a disservice. I've seen you do live podcasts. You were kind enough to do a live podcast with me at the last one. So I think, yeah, I in whichever shape or form you want to come and do something with us would be absolutely wonderful. I think it'd be really cool. And obviously, you know, you you can't jump on a plane and fly down to Miami all the time but look here's an example it's a horrible example too I remember uh the year the games brought in people from all over the world you remember that year they did like the parade yeah. they, had, they literally had athletes from like every country on the planet and some of these countries only had like one athlete and I'm down there live streaming it so this is live and it's on my feed but <laughs> I've got like a you know a selfie stick or something and I'm videoing these guys coming out and Jamaica came out that one athlete from Jamaica and it was like a six, two white guy. And I'm like, in live on air, I'm like, did not see that coming. Like it just ran out of my mouth, you know, like, I don't know what I was expecting from Jamaica, but it wasn't the six, two white boy, you know, just wasn't. <laughs> and so I'm immediately like, yeah, this is why I shouldn't be live. On. <laughs> you know, this shouldn't happen. Or maybe we, so we've had one, one, a good friend of mine do this before. His basic role was to just keep going and giving people shit on the down low. So he just kept going around to teams, was basically insulting them on parents, on There you go. And it acted as a great motivator. I can do that. That I can do. Give you the, I'll try and think of the, the title. It'd be like cheap shit giver, like C F G. I think uh, he might already hold that title. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right. Give me a give me a week to think about this and I'll get back I... to you and let you know if I'm coming. I, now I'm kind of talking myself into it. I didn't want to come to Miami, but but I do love battle cancer and I love supporting you. And the last time we were together in Madison, we had that great event that was our, you know, the event we were hosting. It was amazing. We yeah, had like a hundred, a hundred people there. And as long as I live, I'll never forget this. Right at the top of the thing, you said. The whole group's like a hundred people out there and the, you know, it's early morning. It was cold. And like, I was hung over and tired. I feel like I'm hung over a lot when I'm around you. But anyway, mm -hmm. you said to the group who here has been impacted at some, you know, know someone or personally been impacted by cancer and literally every hand went up mm -hmm. hundred people. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like mm -hmm. until you see it, I know it doesn't sound like a lot when you just say it out loud, but when you see it in person and you're surrounded by all these people, it's really touching yeah, and, and impactful to understand the, the, the reach and what you guys are really doing within the community and why it's important. Cause it isn't yeah. just, you know, it wasn't like I was working out with people who had cancer. It was 
people whose fathers and mothers and children and grandparents and uncles and whoever and loved ones. And it's just, it's, it's really an amazing thing that you guys are doing. So I'll talk myself into it. You got to give me a week though. To there work you it out. go. There you and go. If, if I can leave you on one thing that you might not have known, but again, this is just, I think it's always nice for also you to see some impact of something. So there was a, there was a guy who was at that class who him and his wife had come to the game. So she term, she was terminal and she only had a couple of weeks slash month left. So her, her daughter and him came to the game says they're kind of, cause they met through CrossFit. So she actually coached him. He used to be quite overweight. She got him on this incredible like journey. They then opened a box together. They had their daughter and really, really sadly, she, yeah, she was, you know, very close to, to passing away. And when she came to the games, it was kind of like a final, like, this is something that brought us together. We want to go to do this. And he worked out in that workout with everybody and uh, she couldn't make it. There's too many people. So just in, again, in terms of like being safe, um, she was, she was masked up over the, the weekend uh, just because of how like poorly she was. And, but he said, look, we've been around the games. People were kind of just pushing past us because we were rushing to things. We didn't really get to interact with people. He was like, at this thing, I got to meet John. I got to meet this person. I got to do all this other stuff. He's like, these people that I see connect, like we, you know, him and his husband, him and his wife speak about your memes and listen to the podcast and joke and but to get to meet you in person was another wonderful moment. And, and luckily, I actually got to meet her the next day at the games. And it's this weird thing that we didn't really say much. Gave her a hug. She gave me this like massive hug back. And it was like, okay, I know your story. You know I know your story. There ain't no words I'm going to be able to say to you in this situation at all. But we're just going to have this connection. So even in that workout with somebody who was actively there to make a memory during something that was really difficult, and you working out with them was a real plus on that. So I think on the days when you get shit off Hillier and whoever else, like just remember that there's the quiet ones that you don't hear from are the ones that you're really impacting. It was probably because he saw me working out and he's like, you know, my life is really bad right now, but it could be so worse. Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Look how bad John has it. I feel bad for him. That's what he was saying. The whole time. Oh, that's really special, Scott. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. And I mean, like, he, he was so gracious in speaking and talking about it. And we met a daughter and everything. And, you know, not to downplay it because we've met people, thousands of people, hundreds of people. But that was just like this really impactful thing that somebody was incredibly grateful for this moment. And I was like, if that doesn't sum up what the power of like a community can do with people. And the things that you don't know impact, like we would never have known that that meant that they listened to the posy because they don't mm -hmm. tell you because they're not kicking off. They're not trying to slag you off. So they just enjoy it and absorb it. <laughs> right. You no, know, right. they've enjoyed and absorbed what we felt. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's really tricky because he just very quietly came and, and told us that it's not like he's, you know, blasting it across the internet to sell t-shirts. And I think that's the thing that we often get missed. We miss those people. We miss those things that are really happening in the background. Um, and that was a, a, you know, I was interviewed recently for something and somebody said, like, what's, the what's one of the highlights of all the things that you've done? And I said that hug because it was, she knew that I knew and I knew that she knew. And it was just a moment where I was like, this is, you know, you might not be here very long, but thank you so much for giving me like a little bit of time of the not a lot of time that you've got left. And I, I said, that was such an impactful thing that, 
will last with me a very, very long time. And he directly referenced you in the podcast. So I think that's oh. really cool. You can't tell these sad stories with a pregnant woman on the podcast. I know. God, I need to choose. I know. Oh. Nikki's going to be like blowing her nose into her sweatshirt. We can't do this. See, this is you guys. Love everyone. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very sweet. And it was it was a very, very sweet moment at that um at that workout because there were a lot of moments, you know, not like that specifically, but I met so many people that had been impacted that you know wanted to take photos and and were talking about their stories. And you'd hear these stories and like I've been sitting around going, Man, I've been complaining about my shoulder all morning. Now I yeah. yeah. Like my life's pretty easy comparatively to what some people are going through. Yeah. It's it's just an important work that you guys are doing. So thanks mm -hmm. for what you're doing for sure. So right. how how can people how can people sign up for the event at Waterpalooza? Two routes. You can go to Waterpalooza's website. We're right on top of that banner under partners. You see Battle Cancer. If you click on it, you can sign up. You can also sign up. So not even just sending everybody through the Battle Cancer page. You can do everything through Waterpalooza, through their website, through their social media page. We're going to do another email and social post out next week as well. So people can see images of the competition floor. They're going to see a video of what they would take on. Or they can head over to battlecancer.com. And Miami is the first event for us next year in our season. So it's the very first one there. So either go to waterpalooza.com or battlecancer.com or on Instagram, you're going to find it. And I'm telling everybody asking everybody and john was really kind to share it again last night you hopefully would find it somewhere um and yeah just remember that you get a full day pass to what a pleaser with your ticket so basically uh -huh. it ends up being you're going to get this epic workout event experience for like 20 dollars per person by the way it works so just do it it's going to be yeah, amazing. just do it just sign up and do it you're going to want to work right. out while you're down there anyway just sign up and do it just do it yeah <laughs> All right. I, I have to say before we sign off here, I'm a little disappointed your dog doesn't have a British bark. I don't, you know. Hey, I'm sorry. She has just made herself very uh, aware <laughs> of She's learning Spanglish. So she's, because uh, good. A lot of things speak Spanish in, in there. So yeah. She's, yeah. she's jet lagged. That's why she's so active right now. She is. Yeah. She is. Good. She's eating good at three o'clock in the morning and that's all we hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same girl, same. So that's yeah. Connection. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was say, what what's wrong with three in the morning? That's when I'm having my nightly bag of cheese. Right? <laughs> Come yeah. on. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Anyway, all right. Well, Scott, right. great seeing you again, man. As always, Thank we love so having much. you on. And uh, Nikki, go get some tissues. I'm going right. Yep. <laughs> And uh, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining. Make sure you get signed up for this. It's going to be a big deal. I'll probably talk myself into going. If you guys want to get yelled at by me, you can be there and I'll yell at you. Yes. And uh, we will chat with you guys soon. Take care.